This is Nicole Smith, and welcome to Leveling Up with Nicole Smith. I am a coach, a leader, go-getter, little sassy, CEO, author, international speaker, wife, mom, and very intentional. This podcast will motivate, guide, inspire, and push you to level up professionally and personally and create the lifestyle you desire, a life you want to wake up for. This podcast is honest and may at times have that unpopular opinion, God forbid. But we have to talk about those too. Because change comes with discomfort, and that is the only way you will level up. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 everyone. Leveling Up with Nicole Smith is back. We did a little summer break. We're, we rested, we reset, we recharged, and, and we're back. And as I was telling you in my marketing for this new episode, this one was going to be good. Duh. I am so excited about our guest. Farah Harris yeah. is a workplace. Hello, Farah. You can go ahead and share, share your voice. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. I'm so blessed to have you today. Farah is a workplace belonging and well-being expert and a licensed psychotherapist. With over 12 years of experience, she is dedicated to disrupting unhealthy work environments. As the founder of Working Well Daily, a company that approaches workplace belonging and well-being from a clinical and emotional emotionally, excuse me, intelligent lens. And you know, my friends, emotional intelligence is my foundation. It is my platform for my business. Farah has helped individuals and Fortune 500 companies develop healthier workplaces where employees want to stay and thrive because their leaders and teams have grown in empathy, self-awareness, social awareness, and cultural awareness. She is a contributing writer for Fast Company. Her work has been featured. Get ready, my friends. Her work has been featured in media and podcast platforms such as Forbes, Business Insider, Harvard Business Review, Good Morning America, Essence, Huffington Post, Inside Edition, Thrive Global, and Therapy for Black Girls. Everyone, please give a round of applause for Farah Harris. Hello, my sister. How are you doing? <laughs> How are yeah, you doing? I'm, I'm great. I'm excited. I love that you're rocking this orange. I, the people can't see, but I can see you. And, and it's one of my favorite colors. So and it looks good on you. Boo. Thank yeah. you. You know, they say, look at this orange. <laughs> I think that's the new, the new thing out there. <laughs> But thank you so much. And I am so happy, a mutual friend of ours that I happened to meet at the Tory Birch Foundation Summit. Um, if you're on my social media, you saw that blasted all over my social media on Instagram in June. I met a young lady named Ruth and she said, you know what? You need to meet my friend Farah. And I was like, okay. You know, people say that all the time. You're like, okay. Yep. Well, she actually followed through, right? We set up some time to talk. And it was, and it was a time and it was a time. <laughs> Listen, let's chat in 30 minutes. Okay. And um, I think it was two hours later. We were like, Oh girl, I think I got to go. Two hours later. <laughs> we were but still talking. We were still talking, but did it feel like two hours? No, no. And it, and it didn't feel like it was the first time we met. And that right. was, 
what was awesome because to your point, when people try to connect folks together, like, hey, you should meet such and such. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. You know, and you're you're wondering how it's gonna go. And right off the bat, I was like, one, another sister who talks about EQ. Yes. Super excited. Yes. Um, but then just like the ease, the ease and the flow of it was exciting. And we pretty much had to tell each other to shut up so that we can go about our day. We, we were like, be quiet. Don't say another thing. Um, you're right. Cause in, in my life, I am being more intentional and, and being intentional with relationships. And if you add it to the energy, if you add value to, um, my life, you're there. You're, you're now yeah. part, as I said, the high vibe tribe. And um, you, there's a, a, a lot of other high vibe tribe members I'm going to introduce you to. Yes, you've already met my podcast engineer, media mogul, Shireen. And she's she's sitting in the Amazing. background. But everyone, I know you love Shireen, so I'm going to let you hear her voice. Hey, y'all. I'm so happy <laughs> to be here. I'm going to try not to take over your show, but <laughs> I, can't, I can't make those big girl promises. So, you know. Yes. But this is going to be good. This is going to be good because we're talking about emotional intelligence, but we're coming up from the area of using emotional intelligence for survival. Yeah. Right. For survival. And it's, it's that that's heavy, but we're going to focus on survival for the marginalized and underrepresented um, individuals, people, groups, culture, and, and see how emotional intelligence has been used for survival. But I hope Farah is also going to tell us how to use it to thrive. Um, and so give some, some steps on that. Like I said, I'm just excited that I'm talking to another system. Right. It's like, <laughs> hello. It's like hello. I cannot wait. To, I know, right? I, I cannot wait to like hug your neck. So yeah. when I when yeah. we do see each other in person. So we're yes. gonna make- Y'all are real cute, cute. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, you, know, it's, you know, it's funny. We're just, getting the, we're just getting the audio on my podcast. But I have to say, Farah's lipstick is popping. She has cute glasses. Her hair is, I mean, she looks fabulous. And so when you see the marketing for this podcast, come on, she's going to give you a beautiful photo. And I'm going to say the photo, beautiful photo, it's beautiful in person as well. So, yes. ma'am. Well, you know, I had to come correct for you. Like, even though I know that we, we, we weren't going to be on show show, I said, I, let me throw a lip on for Nicole. Just, just so that it also wakes me up, you know. The lip, the lip is lipping. So let's talk about it. The lip is lipping. Lip lip <laughs> some wet and wild. Seriously. Did you say wet and wild? Oh, Lord, we're going way back. We're going way back. It is like this purplish um um magenta color that I'm like I'm really liking it so we're gonna honest. call it fierce far next time I'm gonna get it out the snow. No, there you go um also to just let you know if there's a good sound bite that comes about from this podcast Shireen is one to say oh we're gonna make a t-shirt we're gonna put that on a t-shirt we have probably about 50 t-shirts with all these fantastical sayings on them yes so and we're gonna get a shirt that say fantastical but come on let's right. keep fantastical going. okay so let's dive in okay yes. so friends and family you know that um emotional intelligence it literally changed my life 16 17 years ago and then i learned something new 
every day. And just in speaking with Farah uh, a couple of weeks ago for that two hours, she doesn't know this, but I grabbed so many nuggets and gems from her. And so I hopefully she will be able to share all of them in this short time that, that we're together. So you learn something new every day. Remember my friends, I always say there's a lesson in everything if you're paying attention. So pull up, pay attention, get your pad, get a posty note. You can write on your hand if you like, P- pull your phone out, take some notes. So Far, one of the first questions I do want to ask you, yes. these things we call feelings, oof, they're powerful, right? They're mm-hmm. powerful. So where did we learn about feelings? I know where I learned about my feelings, but in general, through your research, through your studies, where did we learn about feelings? Hmm. Well, because we both love emotional intelligence, and I know that your listeners have been learning and become great students of this concept of emotional intelligence, I find it interesting that when we, we talk about this, this, this concept, this skill set, that it is just on like performance and productivity and you know how to do things within the workplace. But we don't talk about the actual feet like how are you going to talk about emotional intelligence and not talk about where we even learned about emotions? Right. Um, so we learn from first our primary family of origin. So whether mm-hmm. that was your biological parents, or if you were in the foster care system, just right. whoever was taking care of you, you learned by watching, by listening. Um, you know, so the question I have for people was how we're, feelings talked about and expressed in your home, you know, were they swept under the rug? Um, was it keeping up appearances? Ooh, image. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we, we don't talk about feelings, but feelings were always expressed in some kind of way, whether you can cut the tension with the knife or maybe it was expressed violently, you know? So you saw anger manifested as, you know, physical violence or throwing something or, or using harsh words. But then we also learn about feelings in school. You know, how did our teachers respond to children who, you know, responded and acted a certain way? And then we have our society that also tells us about feelings. What is okay and acceptable for men? what's okay and acceptable for women. So we got our little boys out here, mm-hmm. which are crying, man up, you know, don't be a little baby. And then we expect grown men to be tender and affectionate and present, but they've never learned how to have those emotions. And we say, you know, anger is a strong emotion. Anger is a, it's a powerful emotion. And really it's masking you know, either grief or or fear. And we've not allowed men to feel that way. And ironically enough, even for women, those tender feelings, we're not okay to have because we're even told, are you on your period? Uh (laughs) That time of the month, month. you know, you're just overly emotional, you know, and we get dismissed. So it's sad that even as a collective society, tender emotions are not validated are not um, respected and it just leaves us to only really present either happy or with anger. And so um, when we're talking about EQ, our emotional quotient, if we don't understand the stories behind our feelings and where we learn them, then it becomes more challenging now to operate with high EQ. If I 
am I afraid or I'm passive or passive aggressive because that's what I learned at home, mm-hmm. then most definitely that's going to show up in your relationships, uh, whether they're personal or professional. Absolutely. And one thing that I noticed is that you said strong emotion or tender emotion. Mm-hmm. You did not say positive or negative emotions. And that's yeah. huge. That's huge. Okay. So I want everyone to hear this. Bara did not say negative or positive emotions. She used other adjectives to describe this because <clears throat> this is where when I do workshops, I have mainly men that say, oh, you know, those emotions, those negative emotions, we don't need those in the workplace. And then you ask them to define negative emotions and they go through anger and rage and, and so forth. So far, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, you gave a, a, a good explanation on why you don't say negative or positive. You mind sharing that with the, the group here so yeah. they can understand that. And that might help them like shift their mindset or change their perspective in regards to feelings. And I'm coming in after this definition. I'm just ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, most deaf. The, the issue I take, especially as a clinician, when we start making something good or bad, when it comes to feelings that are just natural, because when we look at babies, we are not saying, oh, he's crying or she's crying. That, that's bad. No, something is hurting. There's a need that needs to be met. All of our feelings of grief, of sadness, of joy, of excitement, of fear, all of those are natural feelings. Each one of us naturally have these things come out. What becomes negative or positive is what you do with that emotion, right? So if I'm angry because someone cut me off, you know, as I'm driving to drop off my kids or whatever, okay, that's upsetting, but do I now have to have road rage? Do I need to now chase them down? (laughs) Um, and, 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 you know, throw them, you know, flip them the bird and, and cuss them out, especially if I still have my kids in the back and they're watching my behavior. Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? It's what you do with it that can become negative or positive, but all emotions are just natural feelings. They're more tender ones. Um, we can have strong emotions that are pot, you know, not, I don't want to say positive. Well, that, are, that are like excitement and, yes. and happy. You can have those. Yeah. More, and they can um, be very strong. Like, I mean, I was just telling the story about, mm-hmm. you know, how she got flewed out for her mm-hmm. birthday and how it was a big emotion. It was a strong right. emotion of excitement, of, of tenderness, because it was mm-hmm. like, wow, my friends care about me. And, you know, and we can have multiple emotions at the same time. So um, I, I, I don't, I don't, encourage people to label them bad or good because then you know if you internalize that too and go like yeah you know that you know I'm an angry person and anger is bad so therefore I'm a bad person we have to be careful with that even as so one of the things that I used to find just disturbing as a child is when somebody say keep crying I'm gonna give you something to cry for right and I'm already crying already about something um let's talk about why I'm crying why you still want to make you know like I never quite could like my brain just wouldn't click like okay if I'm crying why you giving me something like can we talk about why I'm crying and so a lot of you know a lot of me and my friends used to joke about that growing up to the point to where now even as a 31 year old I even joke like in circles of of you know I call it my more mature friends is like I'm gonna stay in the child's place 
Um, just because there's a lot of like um, conditioning that children have mm -hmm. to where you're not allowed to, to not, not only are you not allowed to have emotion, you're not really allowed to be heard or seen in the room. Um, and if you, when you have that mentality as a child and then you become an adult, mm. you almost forget your presence in rooms because you have been yeah. conditioned to be silent. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to say anything out of turn. I had to break that in corporate America because my boss literally would give me, um, like negative reviews because I didn't speak up. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. I thought you, I thought, I thought in this, this situation, this situation, in this situation, you should have spoken up and I saw you didn't, mm -hmm. um, I need you to do better. Like those were some of my reviews. It wasn't that I sold half a million dollars in sales. It wasn't that I implemented all of these projects. I was literally getting like knocked down and didn't use your voice because I didn't use my voice. The power because, of your voice. Right. Yeah. So it's very Absolutely. important to tap into those emotions early because they can affect, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're a corporate leader, it affects how you communicate. Um yeah. because you need to learn how to distinguish, okay, these are emotions that, you know, I probably need to resolve and not share. But also if something's bothering me publicly, you need to be able to outwardly say that. And when yes. somebody says stay in a child's place or I'm gonna give you something to cry about, you get conditioned to say, I don't want the I don't want that pain anymore. So I'm gonna stop talking. Right. And, and usually that is because the adult has not learned how to regulate their own feelings. emotions. Right. Right. So right. they're going, I want to control your feelings because they seem out of control. And I feel out of control because I've not regulated my feelings. Mm -hmm. And so we do this kind of back and forth and to your point, Shereen, then you become an adult where you've learned to be quiet. You know, you've learned to, you know, this is survival mode. I stay quiet whenever, um, things are taking place. I've realized that I've learned that my voice is not valid. I've learned that I can't say what upsets me. You know, this is really heartbreaking for me when I've worked with clients who um, have been sexually assaulted or, you know, molested as children, and they did not have advocates in their family to be able to one, honor their voice, respect their voice and, and support them as they were processing, you know, these feelings, they were told, well, that didn't really happen or he didn't mean that or whatever. And they just, and then and it's almost some gaslighting that happens, right? right? So you start questioning, well, this feeling of discomfort, is it real? Maybe what I'm thinking is not real. So you become an adult and maybe end up being in other abusive relationships, whether professional abuse mm -hmm. or romantic relationships, because you have not learned how to really understand your feelings, name them and believe them because you were taught that, no, what you're feeling is, is not legit. It's not valid. And to it's feel not, safe enough to say, I think for me, it's give me the safety to say, I feel something. I might not know what it's called. I might not know what it is. I probably don't even know how to properly react, but it's something. Can we talk about it? And, and that comes with that emotional expression that, I mean, there's, oh, there's just so much that both of you said here that, oh, I just want to unpack all of it. But yeah, so, you know, the, the using emotions as data and not yes. directives, and that's what I, <laughs> and this is what I tell to my clients. It's just because you're angry. Okay. doesn't mean now you go cut a fool somewhere or the example you gave far of road rage. And now I'm going to go chase them down. I mean, we have people shooting people yes. on the highway. 
because they made a left. Because you cut me off. I have an actual story about this after you after we talk about it. It, it will blow your mind. And more than likely, that person probably didn't even know they cut you off because you were in a blind spot. So it's like now you want to have this learned response, okay, yeah. that you probably have learned and you've seen it in your, your family growing up and so forth. And now you have this 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 learned response so understanding that these are natural feelings and not labeling now yourself like you said an angry black woman you know mm. this is where I, I tell people you know i have the feeling of or i feel angry or i feel hurt versus saying i am angry or i am hurt because you're labeling yourself versus just labeling the the emotion so that was this- a nugget i took away from you i love that <laughs> Yeah, so it's, you know, I, 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 you know, I feel this way because friends, the emotions and the feelings they're, they're temporary. And this is where I tell you when you have that stimulus that comes in, that causes that emotion, it's going to play around in your emotional part of your brain, that limbic system, but just give it 10 more seconds to get to that frontal lobe. So you can process, what do I need to do now? How do I need to move now? Yes. Well, this is where I say, and then, and then as to to Shireen's point, being able to use your voice, I have an emotion, but now as I gain self-awareness of what all this is, I can now uh, express it with clarity so that I understand it, but also to the person who's receiving it also understands it and it helps the situation move forward. You know, it helps that help us move forward because listen, we could talk about something, you know, bad and, and frustrating and so forth. Yeah. Okay. So now how are we going to communicate our emotions so we can move forward? So we can move this needle forward and yeah. not stay stuck in that. But there, there's just so much to un- unpack. There's so much because yeah. what I love what Shireen said, it was like, even if I can't name it, and usually if you can't name it, that's most likely from individuals who grew up not getting an emotional vocabulary. You know, they felt feelings, but parents did not help name them. Like, it seems like you are angry. It seems like you're disappointed. Am I right? You know, and it was like, no, I'm not disappointed. I'm angry. You know, like, this ain't, this is past disappointment. This is this. But if you never had that, and now you're an adult and you're trying to figure out, like, how do I grow my emotional vocabulary? It is to have the safe people to be able to process that. So the more you can talk about it, the more you're able to regulate, right? Regulate in a healthy space, right? And so you regulate and you go, okay, can you tap into how this feeling is showing up in your body? Okay, now I'm starting to recognize every time I get angry, mm-hmm. I my shoulders get tensed, mm-hmm. right? Or every time I get uh, nervous, I have butterflies in my stomach. So now because it becomes more... Um, you, it, that the 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 moment and the awareness that 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 gap starts the gap. to right the gap mm-hmm. yeah so when you start shrinking the gap with practice right emotional intelligence is a practicing skill we don't just achieve how, like both Nicole and I yes we, we train on EQ we we say that we're experts but we are not always operating it's the journey it's the journey my friends listen I get tested all the time on my EQ I think people purposely <laughs> Test this. Yes. Don't test this because yes. I'm gonna fail one day. I'm a so fail. I have, I have an emotional intelligence uh, story. So a couple years ago, we um went to do a family photo shoot 
And um, at the time I was still corporate. I had a company card. This is important in the story. We leaving the place um, after we do the photo shoot. And this guy literally like rams the car. He just doesn't want to wait for the light. He tears the whole side of the car and keeps going. And my sister's like, chase after him and get him. And I'm like, this is a company car. This ain't my car. Um, I'm just, so I, I literally, she was like, go. So she, so she literally was like, go. So I pull up to the light and then the people like take off. And I'm like, Kisha, people be turn, shot us. She got the babies in the bag. Like, do we want to, we want to do all that? But it was a moment where I got a, got a chance to teach her a little bit. Like, this ain't my car. It's insurance. There are, there are measures in place for stupid people. I, I had to literally say that. Like, why, why we got to be one of them? And she just sat there and was like, yeah, I was like, I lose my job chasing somebody in this company car because right. they, like, this ain't my car. Because you couldn't regulate your emotions well, right? And so even when we talk about emotional regulation, which is, you know, um, or self-regulation, which is one of the EQ competencies, mm-hmm. it's how do you regulate? Because some people regulate by drinking. Some people right. regulate by smoking. Some people regulate by having you know, multiple sexual partners, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's what do you do to regulate, to get to what Nicole said, mm-hmm. to advance the needle, to move the needle in a positive direction. That's right. going to serve you and the other person. Well, right. so that's if you right. cut some folk out, cause that's how you regulate your anger. That's how I'm popping. <laughs> right. You know, and you pop blocking while you popping, <laughs> you, you're doing all of these things. And it's like, but has this really resolved the conflict? And tomorrow you're going to be angry again. And you're going to be angry again. And, you know, like you said, if there were babies in the car, harm can be done because you did not choose to practice the pause. You know, like like Nicole just said, you know, just being able to slow yourself down so that you don't get, you know, your brain don't go limbic. You know, you have your amygdala just completely hijacking and you allow your prefrontal cortex, which is where all the rational thinking comes from, the logic to go, Let's think, friend. (laughs) (laughs) But but, I mean, that's why it's not just called emotional, right? That's why it's called emotional intelligence. Because everybody doesn't possess the capabilities of intellect, unfortunately. So intellect has to be grown and nurtured. And you may have it, but if you don't identify it, you can live your whole life and never utilize that skill. It's that growth. It's that growth mindset. Listen, emotional intelligence, self-regulation far that you spoke about, you know, people have died over not self-regulating. People have been slapped on the stage at Oscars. Is that too soon? Is that too soon? That's a lot of money and intelligence, right? But it's- right, 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 right. Okay, they've been slapped on the stage. Listen, listen, people have been slapped on stages, uh, Oscars. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Yeah. But, but and, 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 and that'd be an example we could talk about is that for that survival, survival moment. But one yeah. thing I want to make sure, some, one thing far that I want to point out that you- shared with me two weeks ago that when I say it resonated with me, my friends, I want to share it with you. I, and she doesn't know this, but I was talking to my husband about it. And I literally started tearing. I started crying because it was like, bink. it was like that aha moment, right? Um, this is where everything that you are feeling does not need to be said does not need a response. You know, you don't always need to respond to everything. You don't always have to act on it because emotional intelligence is not saying all of us go out there and act like drama king and queens. It's us having the intelligence to know how to move forward. Do I need to say something? Do I not? Just because you are feeling something does not now need to be started with, well, I, I have these feelings and I want to share them with you because 
every place you're in is not a safe space for that. And everybody that you were talking to mm. not a safe person. And when mm. I say safe, I don't mean like physically harm you. You're, you know, you're not safe in that physical environment, just safe with your feelings, with how you're emotionally feeling your thoughts. Not everybody is a safe person. You okay. can love them. You can mm. love them to no end, but not everybody is a safe person. So with that, my friends, find a safe plate, find a safe person that you can share these emotions yeah. and be yourself. Like Shireen, remember so my friend when I texted you and I said, thank you for being that safe space for me. Um, but yeah, find that safe That's space. So safe like I, I wouldn't be the married friend telling my friend who don't believe in marriage, like, what should I do to keep my, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you got to find a place that's safe for that particular emotion. Right. right. Find a yeah. safe space. Far, go ahead. I think you were going to add something. Yeah. Well, I was just saying in terms of how you, you, you ended your, your, your point about, you know, allowing yourself to just to, to be is really where, where it is. It's not just the safetyness, like you said, of, of physical safety. It, um, when I talked to my clients, I said, how, how did they steward your heart? You know, I'm like, are you, are you, are you giving your heart to somebody that, you know, can't hold it? can't care for it well in the moment. And again, you, it, this could be family members. It could be good friends. You love them, but there are certain things that you can't always share with certain people because they may miss it, you know? And so I think I, I did the alphabet thing with you where I was like, there are some people that you can do A, B, and C with, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you can't do D, E, and F. And then you get upset because you try to give them D, E, and F and they're like, I don't know what you want from me. You know, I can't, I can't show up and you need to know what are their limitations so that you don't get frustrated right. when you're trying to regulate your emotions and they can't show up for you. Right. You know, I had a friend of mine because of how hurt, again, this goes back to that family of origin. Where did you learn about feelings? She grew up in a household where they didn't, feelings weren't necessarily validated. They were expressed, but they weren't yes. always validated. Yes. And so I remember when I had found out that my mother and my young brother and sister, I was in college at the time, had gotten hit by a police car and my mom had been hospitalized. My brother and sister, nobody told me because <laughs> they were like, you're in school. We didn't want to stress you out. And I was like, uh, I would have preferred to have known. Um, but I was so grateful they were fine. But it was one of those moments after you've gotten the news and you like think about what could have happened. And I was thinking, oh my God, I could have lost my mom, my brother, and my sister. And I went to a friend of mine and I went to her room. And when it hit me, I started to cry. And I remember her words and she was staring at me. She goes, I don't know what to do with your tears. Literally is what she said. Because she was just like, you're Farah. You have it all together. I don't know. Yes, you're, you got it, girl. Go ahead. I don't know what to do with these tender emotions that you are expressing. And I looked at her and I was so heartbroken because she couldn't be with me. She couldn't meet me where I was in that moment. Um, and, and I had to therefore process and regulate someplace else. And as I learned more about like her background and everything, it made sense. And all is forgiven. She was the maid of honor at my wedding. You know, <laughs> it's all good. But as, as a, you know, uh, 18, 19 year old, it was one of those moments where we're like, oh, when I have my tender feelings, I got to be careful who I talk to. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where I have certain 
people that are are my it, my tender spot. <laughs> yeah, I can go to yeah. and just yeah. lay lay it on them, and they 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 receive it well. They don't judge me. They allow me just to to vent That's those things nice. out and so forth. And you know, my husband is a huge part of that, especially because I grew up in an emotionally charged household, mm-hmm. and I my emotions took the back seat. And so now here I am in adulthood going, I need to share. It's time to share because it, it builds up sometimes. Yeah. And you just need yeah. that place where you can share and just be yourself. So listen, family and friends, I know we, we, we spent some time talking about your feelings. I hope this has resonated with you because I know for a fact that you feel some of these points that myself and Farah and even Shireen has has brought up in regards to feelings and emotions. And I hope this is feeding into you. Listen, if you want to continue, okay, we're going to continue this conversation, but we're going to continue it in part two. Okay. So make sure you come back and join us for part two, because then we're going to talk about how historically marginalized people use emotional intelligence different. I cannot wait because yes, it does. It does make a difference. Emotional intelligence and race and gender and culturally and, and ethnically and all of that. And so I want you to join us back for part two. Thank you for listening and discovering how you can unleash your potential and make an impact. If this lit a fire in you and you want more subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can contact me at all my social media handles, Instagram at the Nicole underscore Smith, Facebook at the Nicole Smith, LinkedIn, Nicole F. Smith, as well as my website for JMS Creative Leadership Solutions, jmscreatesleaders.com. Listen, if you walked away with one golden nugget, let me know because those are the wins I want to celebrate with you. Until next time, lean into your greatness.